And hello, movie lovers. I know this is kind of unusual to do a show at 10 o'clock in the morning, but I just got done uh, watching the new James Wan horror movie, Magnignant. And I have to say, it's very different. It's very unique in its own way. But before I get into the actual review itself, I just want to say this. Uh, Critics didn't really care for it to be honest with you. As a matter of fact, they actually laughed at this movie at the WB screening and everything. And matter of fact, WB it's themselves were trying to hide this movie from even being played or anything like that. And I don't think they had much faith in this movie at all because they were actually trying to get the critics not to even talk about this film at all either. Also too, it was poorly marketed and things like that. Also too, I also want to point out too, James Wan also was trying to pay homage to the uh, Jello's genre, which is a black glove, black mask kind of uh, killer slasher type of movie uh, genre that's in the horror slasher world. And if you're into that, I recommend that you check that genre out. It seems like it's very underrated. I haven't witnessed any any of those types of films or anything like that. But I've in I know the themes and stuff like that when it comes down to certain characters. But I never knew it was actually called that until recently. And Let's just go on ahead and get on with our review, though. So, as I mentioned before, this is James Wan's pretty much passion project. This is away from the Conjuring franchise. When we look at the Conjuring franchise, we always see James Wan do this. He winds up giving us that slow tension buildup, and then once that tension's built up, he releases that tension. And the payoff is always great. With this film, it's really different than the Conjuring franchise in the story that he's trying to tell. The thing that I was really intrigued with this was the fact that it's an original story by James Wan. It's directed by James Wan, but not only is it written by James Wan, but it's also uh, written also by his wife, Ingrid Bazou. And, you know, I was intrigued by this. I was This was actually part of my most anticipated movies of 2021. Of course, this was supposed to set out for last year, and also, too, with the pandemic, it pushed it back to this year and that was on HBO Max and also to available for you to watch over in the theaters as well. But anyways, the plot sets out in 1993 with Dr. Florence Weaver and her colleagues Victor Fields and John uh, Gregory are treating a uh, psychiatric patient named Gabriel at a Simon Research Hospital. Now, Here's the thing. I really liked how this particular scene set out. And by the way, this is actually a non-spoiler review. So if you're worried about spoilers and all that stuff, you're not going to get it on this video or this audio podcast either. That's going to be tomorrow with whenever I sit down with independent director uh, Jason Pitts when we do our spoiler review. But here's the thing. Whenever you look at that in the long hallway scene inside the psychiatric hospital, I thought that was probably one of the best scenes that we actually got in this movie in itself but also too the camera angles are very special in this film and i'll give i'll tell you why in a few minutes but you know when we're first introduced into this world of magnet and everything you're dealing with a patient named uh, gregory like i said and basically what he's doing gabriel not gregory uh but anyways what he's dealing what they're dealing with is they're dealing with this patient the psychiatric patient you don't see the actual patient instead it feels like a 1980s 90s kind of thing because of the way it's actually shot and also too you don't see gabriel uh you don't you actually don't see gabriel you wind up seeing this dark room with these doctors that are trying to go into this room and every single time when you turn around they're either getting their joints uh discombobulated they're getting bones broken and things like that and then there's also this nurse who winds up or this doctor who says okay now it's time to uh 
killed the cancer. So next thing you know, you see her with this gun, this tranquilizer gun, which is kind of like a rifle. But anyways, she you wind up seeing something happen to her, and then she she winds up getting Gabriel. Now, here's the thing: twenty eight years later, a pregnant woman named Madison Lake is living in a Seattle in Seattle after enduring two years of miscarriages, which has stained her marriage to her uh, husband, Derek Mitchell. During an argument, Derek smashes Madison's head against the wall, after which she locks herself in the bedroom and falls asleep. Now, here's the thing, and I'm not going into spoiler territory or anything like that, but you actually get the tone of who this husband is and things like that. This husband's a douchebag. And everything, especially whenever you look at the way that he actually treats his wife, the way that he's actually doing doing that and everything. And then all of a sudden she gets a miscarriage. And also, too, you see the back of her head bleeding, but you don't know why it's bleeding. But here's the thing. It's actually setting up for later on in the movie as to why her head is actually bleeding. Because here's the thing. When we actually see that uh, thing, we're not sure where they're going with that or if it's just going to be one of those things. Okay. The husband pushed her against the wall, her head's bleeding, and they're going to move on from it. But no, they actually end up doing this throughout the whole entire movie where you don't know what happens. Also, too, uh, Gabriel also has the power to uh, pretty much he actually has this this power, the supernatural of a power to where he can actually con uh, control uh, electricity. He can also do uh, electric waves and stuff like that through your cell phone and everything to where he'll where his voice is actually being projected onto a radio or onto the cell phone and stuff like that but i thought the that kind of tone was actually pretty good for what they're trying to set up it's setting up like for a psychological thriller oh at least we think that they're setting up for a psychological thriller because of the way that they actually set everything up uh but yeah so anyways the stuff that they do with gabriel and stuff like that it is just really neat to actually see on camera especially the transformations and stuff like that and also the body movements i thought was actually pretty good but here's another thing that i want to say that's actually pretty positive the opening scene itself like i said before it feels like a little bit of a mystery type of thing because they give you that long hallway shot then they go into they don't go all the way into that room they just give you enough to give you a little bit more of a mystery element to where you're actually hungry to see what's going to happen next. And then also, too, the camera angles in this movie is very good. Like, for instance, uh, the main character, she winds up. Here's the thing. Uh, Madison and everything, she, she lives in this huge mansion and everything. And also, too, the way the cameras actually handle it is pretty cool because when she's locking the doors and everything and she's threatened for her life, you see this wide angle shot of her in the house. And then it goes into each scene, each house, each part of the house, which I thought was really cool. Then also too, they give you another camera angle pan angle on the very top. So as she's going through every room, the camera's following her on the top to make it look like uh, Gabriel or someone is watching her from afar from above. So I thought that was actually pretty neat. Uh, like I said, Gabriel on the screen looks really terrifying. He looks very menacing. Also, too, another thing is this movie, I feel like, in a way, kind of does, doesn't know what kind, what it wants to be. It struggles on its own identity. And matter of fact, I think Jason Pitts is probably going to touch on this tomorrow. But 
you know, if I here's the thing, I'm actually thinking I'm going in to see this movie for a psychological thriller. Then all of a sudden it turns into a psychological slasher film instead. Now, here's the thing. I'm okay with it being a psychological thriller because that's what I signed up on. Now, does this take you out of the film? At first it did because of the fact I'm like, okay, so now we're not dealing with like a psycho psychological ghost or anything like that. And then you're still dealing with some type of psychology, uh, psych, uh, psyche or stuff like that too. Because later on, you wind up finding the character also has like an imaginary friend. So now you're wondering if this imaginary friend is actually in her head or if this is actually happening or if she's the one who's doing the killing. But still, the way they execute that part was pretty decent. I'd want to say it's actually pretty good. Now, uh, here's another thing that I didn't really care for. is the fact that they throw in some dramatic mu music for no reason. For instance, they say, I'm going to go to Walmart. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to go to Walmart. They throw in dramatic music. So that was one of the things I didn't really care for. If a character dies, they have this Stranger Things kind of vibe, kind of music that just doesn't go very well with this film on what they're doing. And it kind of throws me off. It kind of winds up making me zone out of the movie a little bit. It actually took, takes me out of the movie for that part. Then also, too, the dialogue is not the strongest dialogue in this movie at all either but you know it is what it is whenever you're dealing with this kind of movie but then there's even one thing that winds up happening in this in this movie where the cop the detective winds up chasing the killer and then all of a sudden it goes into the dialogue later on whenever they're actually uh investigating investigating madison and everything and madison just winds up saying well you punched him i'm like wait he didn't even tell you that he went there. He didn't even tell you that he was investigating the killer and everything and he was chasing the killer or anything like that. He it just randomly just pops up for no reason, which I don't understand because they didn't even acknowledge that. They didn't even tell Madison that in the film. Then another thing that really, truly, I have to say is a pretty cool sequence. It happens in the jail. I'm not going to go into details on what happens in that jail cell, but the transformations and stuff like that of when Gabriel is there is just, I, I have to say, it's really good. It pulled me in on that aspect. But as for a psychological thriller, if you're expecting a psychological thriller out of this and expecting ghosts or anything like that, you're going to be slightly disappointed because this actually turns into a slasher movie rather than a psychological movie. And stuff like that. Now, there are going to be some people who are going to be like, well, I'm very divided with this film. Some people are going to be like, this movie is great. You guys need to go on here and check it out. But if you're one of those people that are like me, where I was expecting a psychological thriller, and then you wind up getting a psychological slasher and everything just thrown in randomly and everything, you might want to say the execution of that might be good for you or it might actually take you out of it. For me, it took me out of the film for a little bit because I wasn't expecting it, but the more I, uh, more that they were going to give you out of this universe on what uh, James Wan was trying to tell, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ignore that aspect of what I thought and go with it. And I, I have to say, I mean, I was disappointed. I was disappointed in this film overall because I was expecting one thing and it ended up being something else. 
the like I said, the dialogue wasn't that great in this movie to begin with. Um, having the suspense movie music in there for no reason. There's also the other element in there that I didn't really care for, which was the Stranger Things kind of music. Then there was also two, um, like I said, there was also two when you're expecting something and it doesn't happen. But another one, this is something else I want to mention though too. I love, I love the special effects for Gabriel. Gabriel's special effects was really good. And also too, the face actually reminds you of the town with Ben Affleck whenever he has those skull masks on and everything. And Gabriel's makeup looks really good. Also too, it kind of reminds you of a little bit of a video game like from Dead by Daylight or something like that, like they're trying to put into an OC because the way Gabriel actually moves around and everything. And also too, the way he actually bends and um, bends his arms and everything else too was really cool element to it. But the execution at the end of it was lacking. The dialogue was lacking. I wish I could say that this was one of my favorite James Wan films. Because here's the thing. If you've been following me for a long time, if you've been listening to my podcast for a long time, I'm a huge James Wan fan when it comes down to the first two Conjuring movies, when it comes down to the Saw franchise, the very first Saw movie that he ever did, even uh, some of the other films that he's done, even the Fast and the Furious movies. One of the Fast and the Furious movies that he actually made was Fast 7, which was really good. But when you look at this movie, I feel bad for James Wan because of the fact that this is not the type of movie that I was thinking I was going to get. But I could see this maybe being a cult classic later on. But right now, it's very divisive. If you actually go into some horror groups and stuff like that, some people are like, oh, this is actually one of the best films that I've seen. Or this movie is not as good as I wanted it to be. Or this movie is doesn't make any sense for me. So you have a very divisive fan group right now whenever you're dealing with this movie. But for me, like I said, the camera angles look cool. I like the fact that he was trying to play around with an, uh, pretty much an underground kind of slasher type of genre, which, like I said, was the G- uh, Giellos, because of the fact that they used the, um, let's see here on my notes, but basically they used the black gloves uh, and also to the mask of the killer, and also too, they also play off the, um, also to the trench coats and stuff like that. The storyline itself, Jenny, is to be honest with you, it's pretty good. Um, basically, like I said, and it's set in 1993 uh, at the very start of it, and then at a psychiatric hospital, and then after that winds up happening, it goes into a couple of years later. As a matter of fact, it goes into 28 years later into the main character's life, and she's having miscarriages. She doesn't know why she's having miscarriages. She's actually married to a douchebag, ball bag uh, guy who beats her and stuff like that. And then he something winds up happening to him in the movie. Also, too, this uh, like I said before, the the dialogue is not that great. The plot twist is, eh, it's okay. If I was to post this up on a poster and said uh, "Magnignant," it was an okay movie. It was okay for what it was, but you can't really sell a movie for saying "eh." It was okay. You want to actually go in there to have a good horror experience when you're going to see a movie with this one, I really didn't really think that this was that great of a film, to be honest with you. I was very lukewarm whenever the movie finishes and everything. And I was like, I really don't know how to feel about this James Bond movie. And then the more I process it, the more 
that I really didn't care for this movie, but I like certain aspects of the film, but the aspects doesn't really do anything for me to actually care about more about seeing more if they want to do a sequel or anything like that. But I wanted to care about this movie. I wanted this movie to be great because I'm a huge James Wan fan, but because of the fact with the poorly execution of the ending and also too with the dialogue and the and also that 90s kind of vibe with the music and things like that, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And also, too, the misidentification of what this film is supposed to be, which turns into a psychological thriller, then turns into a slasher film. So you have that. I also like the fact that they played around with the Seattle history a little bit with the underground city that's underneath everything, while you have the new city that's on top of it. So I like that aspect on, on the history of Seattle a little bit, on what they played with. But Still, there's not a lot of meat for me to chew on. There's nothing for me to actually say go out and see this movie or anything like that. I strongly recommend checking it out on HBO Max. You'll save some time and money that way. Magnignant was, I'm going to be honest with you, not the greatest movie. But I'm going to go into more details on tomorrow's show whenever I have Jason Pitts with me. Uh, tomorrow night, I believe. But right now, I'm going to be honest. The more I process it, I just, I just didn't care. And I wanted to care. Now, if this movie was in the 90s or early 2000s with uh, with the way they were telling the story, it probably would have worked in the early 90s. Because of the fact that we're in a 2021 world and, a, and we have better storytelling than we ever did before and everything, it's not that great. Because we have better storytelling than we did in the 90s and the early 2000s. And this just feels like it's lopsided. I don't know if it's the fact that his wife also with him co-writing it uh, was actually the reason or anything like that, why it wasn't that great. But still, I have to give props to James Wan on the fact that he tried something different. It may look great on paper, but the execution on the screen from paper to the screen is not that great. So with that being said, that's it for my spoiler review. I know that, a non-spoiler review, but I know that um, this is actually kind of shorter than what I normally do with my shows and stuff, but this is only going to be a non-spoiler review. I'm not going to be giving away too much plot details or anything like that until tomorrow night. So if you guys want to tune in tomorrow night, I'll have a timestamp sometime soon on social media on what time Jason and I are going to be doing it. That way I can go into more details because there is a plot twist at the end of this movie. And then also too, I want to go in more detail with the prison scene that I really liked because the prison scene was really dark and everything, to be honest with you, and also very gruesome at that same time. Uh, Jenny says, I wonder if me being older and living through the uh, evolution of horror films uh, from the 70s to now will make me see it differently. I try to, I'll try it out and let you know what I think. LOL. I'm getting a, I won't like it through from your expectation. Here's the thing. Movies are subjective. And everything. Don't go based off of my opinion or anything like that. Go based off of your opinion on your experience with the movie because everybody, here's the thing, guys. Everybody views certain movies differently than somebody else does. That's just the way it is. I may see this movie as not being very good. You might see this movie as being the best James Wan movie that you've ever seen. But judge it on your own insights, on the way that you see it, the way you process it. Don't view it on me. If you want to go on ahead and see this movie, check it out for yourselves. I'm not going to tell you what to see, what not to see. That's not my job. My job is just to go ahead, give you what I think, and then you guys just go ahead and process it from there. But for me, it's not that great, uh, great of a film. And 
I was poorly, poorly misguided into thinking that it was something when it wasn't, especially the camera angles of the hallway scenes where it actually zooms in on the character and it gives you those long hallway shots and everything to make you think of as a psychological thriller. And then all of a sudden it changes into a slasher film. So it struggles on the identification of what this film's supposed to be. But like I said, check it out for yourselves. Tomorrow night, I'll have Jason Pitts on me and I'll go into more detail and stuff like that. If you guys want more detail, I'll give you guys more detail on tomorrow night's show. And then you guys can view it for yourselves there. I would recommend watching my review for 30 minutes. If you guys are not sold on this non-spoiler review, just listen to an hour and a half of what we have to say and then watch the movie rather than staying for the whole show. So that way nothing gets spoiled for you even further. But here, go ahead, see with an open mind. Tell me what you guys think, like Jenny says. And uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed this review. I hope that you guys enjoyed this uh, non-spoiler review. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And thank you again for tuning in to my short review of Magnignant. And I finally got to say the word right. So always until next time, guys. Bye-bye.